Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Hey, hey, hey guys. It is so good to be back with you. I know that you are absolutely loving our Hey boys, did you know? You know what? Maybe we need to do a Hey girls, did you know? And we need to flip it. But anyway, guys, if you didn't listen to last week, go back and listen. I thought it was just going to be, you know, kind of bit of a hoot, bit of a laugh, bit of fun. Jake turns out to be really deep and wise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that I've surprised you. And I, I'm, I'm sorry for, uh, for not being my no. usual larrikin. Self, are I just you American. Fa- well, some yeah, you are. No, I'm multi-layered. You know, I, I yeah. I'm like I'm like Shrek. You know, he <laughs> talks about the onion, multi-layered. I'm like a I'm like a sponge cake from Woolworths. You know, a sponge. Cake. You've got the cherries on top, some cream, some jam, some sponge cake. A little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. Very similar to Cameron. <laughs> Again, people say that, and there is no greater compliment Aww. in this world. I'll take it. Do you know why? We call Cameron the unpasta pasta. The unpasta pasta? That's what I call him. What does that mean? Because, like, he's not like your typical pasta at all. He bra- oh. I mean, you heard him in staff meeting this he's morning. You both, you're both brilliant. Oh, thanks, Jay. You are. Anyway, it's, we, yeah, we're funny. I don't know. Anyone that can work with us is like, <laughs> I take my hat off. It takes a special breed to work with Cameron and I. But we've got such good people. We've got you and Sarah. We've got Izzy and Renee. We've got Doug and Crystal, Doug who works mm-hmm. with us. Yep. Poor Doug, because he's worked with us the longest, right? Yep. We call him our third wheel, and his wife's beautiful. And um, But if ever we're having an argument, or not an argument, Cameron calls it a strong discussion or a difference of opinion, <laughs> yep. we always bring Doug in, but Doug knows. I'm like, Doug, what do you think of this? And he goes, am I getting in the middle of something? I'm like, nah. And he just, he just laughs. He knows. He knows. He knows. He knows. <laughs> so cool. funny. But we all get along so well. And we're so blessed. You and Sarah have come in. Well, we've known you for a few years, but you've come mm. into our life recently as our youth pastors. Um, and it's just like t- immediate synergy with you and Sarah. Yeah. It's kind of like a kindred spirits. Yes. You know, I, I don't actually know what that means to its full effect. Gables. But, but I just think it's like, I didn't know. <laughs> Wait, what? Anna Green Gables. Who the heck is that? Okay. That's where that comes from. No, it comes from before that. You've never seen Anna Green Gables. Ask Sarah if she's watched Anna Green Gables. She probably has. Yeah, and she's like, she talks about that, and she's always trying to find her kindred spirit, and she finds her her friend Diana. It's amazing. (laughs) That's really good, isn't it? Yeah. Anyways, it's kind of like, it's like that. As soon as Sarah and I got down here, it's just just felt like home, and... And even when we first met you guys, it's just hilarious how it all works. You know, yeah. it's just like, yeah, you guys are brilliant. We want to be like you when we grow up. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know who I want to be like when I grow up. It's funny when you ter- get to the point. I remember going to Youth Alive Conference in South Australia and Cameron couldn't come with me that year. I think he was in Tassie. And so Sam and Hannah, who run it there, um, I think I came a couple of hours, like maybe a day into conference and I walked into the like room where they were and Sam was like, breathe this sigh of relief. Oh, it's like mum just walked into the room. And at first I'm like, mum, mum, where? 
where's mum? <laughs> and then I'm like, and at first I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, I'm getting that bit older that that's how people see me. And I, and I remember at first balking that and being like, I want to be mum. That's not cool. Mm. And I really felt God kind of rebuke me and go, that's what this generation needs. They mm. need a mum and a dad. And that's why we're still in kind of youth alive space. So I've embraced it. Mm. And now that my daughter's 21, Speaking of which, we need to get her married. No, we don't actually. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this series is for her. No. <laughs> for all the boys chasing her. Oh, my days. There's a few out there, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> However, we did talk last week about I said girls want to be chased. Jake beautifully swung it round to they want to be pursued. Go back and listen to that. So I thought I'd come up. I've got a few more things, Jake, that I wanted mm-hmm. to talk about today that I think girls are like, yeah, hey, boys, did you know? One of them is, did you know we want you to lead us? I don't think a lot of guys do know that, which is why we're here. (laughs) That is why we're here. Or they don't know how. Or maybe do girls give off the vibe, we don't want to be led, we don't need you. Being led, by the way, doesn't mean, I mean, I'm a very strong leader in my own right, So we're not talking about, you know, this unequal kind of like, oh, I'll do everything you say. You know what I mean? Yeah, come come along with me. Come along. I'll show you how it's done. Now, I I think in today's day and age, the concept of leading is very skewed. Yeah. It's like, what do we actually mean by that? You know, people think that leading is taking, you know, in in a youth setting as a youth pastor, when I lead a young person, I'm taking someone who's not as far on the, on the journey as me, I'm taking them along and helping build them into who God's called them to be. That's not what we mean when we say we a man should lead in a relationship or in marriage. It's not yeah. like you're taking someone who's less behind you on yeah. the journey. Um, the way that uh, uh, we should lead, if we were to take it from the biblical standpoint, mm-hmm. and, and we look to Jesus or we look to God as a leader, it's not so much taking someone who's further away mm-hmm. on the journey, but leading them in the in the sense of protecting them, leading mm. them in the sense of, of, of kind of being a shield mm-hmm. um, to the world around so that they can flourish and be all God's called them to be. That's my opinion. Yet again, Jake Minkio. <laughs> <laughs> again, thank you for pronouncing it right. <laughs> <laughs> that That is so true. So when we say that, I think we have to redefine what we mean by lead. Yeah, I was talking to someone the other day who's a, a really strongly opinion, opinionated woman. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it wasn't me. <laughs> no, it wasn't you. Uh, but they were talking about how, you know, they struggle with the concept of a man leading because they're a very strong leader. Mm-hmm. And, and I was kind of trying to say the same thing. It's like it's not yes. like one person is the leader, one person is, is not a leader. Because, f- for instance, me and Sarah, Sarah is incredible at leading. Mm. She's way kinder than I am to everybody. Um, she's so anointed at mm-hmm. teaching and preaching. I mean, like she is incredible. If anybody in that regard, she's way more talented. I mean, mm-hmm. in, in that regard, she should then be the, the one who's pulling me along. But that's not what we mean. It's not one yes. person better than the other. It's that God has made us in a way as men to be a shield and a protection um, so that the woman, I feel, can flourish and be all God's called her to be. Yeah. Uh, and that's what it means to lead. It's to stand in front of but not be in front of, if that makes sense. That is really good. 
stand in front of to protect and and there are some things like when Cameron and I were deciding you know about coming to Queensland I think the way that Cameron and I have always rolled God kind of has always spoken to Cameron first about something and but he would never go ahead and just do it unless I agreed. Yeah, like, totally. you know, so he's not going to go, oh, God's told me that we're going to move from Adelaide to Queensland. So uh, buckle in, sweetheart, pack your suitcase because we're going. Yeah. You know, but he still would be the one to hear from God, make that final decision. Like he does make final decisions for us, but only after he calls me his litmus paper. You know, I can't even remember what litmus paper is anymore, except I know that it's the correct analogy. I don't even in, know what litmus paper is. Well, it's in chemistry. Um, they would use litmus paper as like a, okay, I'm going to look test. it up. Like to test. Like I think I know what you're talking te- about. Yeah. So basically, anyway, he would always say, you're my litmus paper, unless you agree and you're on board, I would never move. Planning Public is an example of that. Mm. He wanted to do a church years ago and I was like, hell no. Mm. I did not want to run our own church at all. And so he was like, okay, God, well, it's not quite your timing. Um, so he didn't drag me along, but he does, he is the head of our home in that. Like he is a spiritual covering and protection mm. um, for me. So when it comes to a dating relationship, say, for example, or even we were talking about it last week, going out and being pursued, you know, you, there, there are so many little ways the guy can lead, right? Mm. Classic examples. Pay for the girl, for goodness sake, when you go out for dinner. Yeah, totally. Like, right? Yep. I, it never ceases to amaze me when I see, you know, oh, Dutch treat, which is like you both pay for yourself. What, 50-50? Yeah. What's it called? Dutch treat. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> You've never heard of that? No, I've never. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it was a thing, Dutch treat, which means you both pay. That's just rude. Mm. Take the lead and pay. Yep. Um, when we used to go, like, Cameron would pick me up and... Mm-hmm. You said last week that you would take Sarah on nice dates. Mm-hmm. Cameron used to do the same, like, but he would always make the decision. But that's maybe because I'm not a decision maker. What if, what if the girl is more of the decision maker than the guy? Does that mean that the guy can't lead? No. Again, that, I think that's like almost the way that we've skewed it in the 21st mm. century. But I think that if the girl is more of a decision maker, that's like, like that's okay. That doesn't make them the leader because I believe that it's a spiritual covering. Yeah. Like you said, so by all means, be the most decisive person. Like I think in my head, I know of a couple who um, who the they've been married for many years, and Sarah and I really look up to them. Um, she really hears from God and will get direction as to kind of where they're going first. Okay. And and, and then, but he is like an incredible leader, preacher, raiser of leaders. Right. But she'll be the one who will hear from God. Yep. And then he'll be the litmus paper. Right. In that regard. And then they'll pray about it and they they move about it. But he's still very much the spiritual covering, the protector. um, Really acting out those steps first, you know, stepping out in faith and that type of thing. So he still does kind of put his toe in the water first when it comes to outworking it? He'll outwork it first because, again, that's, well, that's how you lead, right? Yeah. You take steps of faith. Yes. Um, And so, yes, the word may have been downloaded to his wife and he'll test that, pray on that. They'll talk about it and God will confirm it. Yeah. And it's like, well, who cares who God spoke to? You know, I guess we're in this as a cohesive unit anyway. Yeah. And then bang. So, 
Um, so I don't think that, yeah, if she's the decision maker, go for it, yeah. make the decisions. Yeah. Um, uh, but I do think there is a, there is a point though where yes. the, it can't always be, yes. uh, you know, the girl in the relationship who's calling the shots because again, yeah. as a, as a male, it's like, uh, I've just remembered actually, you know, when we're talking about pursuing and things like that, I think, you know, primarily as, as males, we like to, to be the hunter gatherers. Yes. You know what I mean? We yeah. go we go out and we get stuff done and yep. we go and, and so um part of that is being man enough to make decisions as well. Yeah. So um Yeah. I don't think I would have I don't I don't know if I can speak for all girls. I wouldn't have respected Cameron if I was the one making all the decisions. Oh totally. And and being the one to then outwork those decisions. I didn't want to be that person in the relationship, I did want him to lead. And I loved it that he would just, you know, make the shots, call the shots, mm. paid for me for dinner. Um, you know, he books the holidays. I don't know. My sister-in-law's yeah, better totally. at doing it than her husband. But <laughs> I don't know. I just like being led um, by Cameron. And I think most girls, because it does give you that sense of safety and security. So that could probably lead us to another thought I have of, hey, boys, did you know we want we want a guy that will stand up for us mm. because if you stand, even, even when we're wrong, mm. but you can still tell us we're wrong. Just don't do it in front of everyone. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I'm I 100% right? stand, stand by that. I think it's so awkward when people go at each other in public. It's horrible. Or shut each other down in public. It just makes me want to go hide in a hole somewhere. It's awful. <laughs> yeah, no. No, but, no, like back, back, back each other in public. We talked about that on our marriage one and then have the discussion behind closed doors. Let's do some other real practical. I feel like we have to be real practical with helping guys and girls on what it looks like, you know, to lead. So I was saying simple things before like paying. Um, I must say I used to drive because Cameron actually lost his license when we were first dating. Seriously? How did he lose his license? Total lead foot. Oh, yeah, speedy. Speeding. Yeah, that's actually how we got to know each other and how we started dating. Well, you guys were drag races? No, 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 no. He lost his license and I had to go pick him up all the time. (laughs) So we spent all this extra time together because I'd have to pick him up before we picked other people up to go to connect group well there you go all things work together for good i know even when guys that's not an advocate for advocate for go losing your license (laughs) um what what other ways would you would you say think think of you and sarah i think uh, a big one um in leading in a relationship is is to be a well a strong christian role model Mm. you know so so I think a big part of leading in today's day and age is to be an example to your other half of what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. Yeah. I think that's a big one. I mean, yeah. you, you know, paying and everything like that and, and doing that. But, um, again, one thing that I keep coming back to is that being that spiritual covering and yes. that protection yep. to truly lead means to, I think, protect. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. when when Moses was leading the Israelites out of Egypt and he's leading them and he gets to the Red Sea, you know, he walks into the water ankle yeah. deep first himself. Yeah. And he's always the one who goes yes. first. And and I think that's it's kind of like that in a in a relationship setting. Yeah. It's like, boys, when you lead, you take the first steps. But you yes. have to hear I think you hear from God, 
You figure out where you're going and then you are the one who takes the steps. Yeah. Because I see too many young guys and girls that get together and all of a sudden you don't see them in church anymore. Mm. Like, well, what were you in church for? Were you just scouting out to grab to get a life partner? And then they go off, I call it married spill, and you never see them. Yeah, I think that really comes down to the fact that they were probably never seeking God in the first place yeah. around relationships. Yeah. And it's like all, kind of all things in life, but specifically relationships. We need to be hearing from God as men. Yeah. You know, what do you, God, what do you want from me in this season? What do you want from us in this season? And then acting out in obedience to that. I think that is primarily how you lead and how you would lead your spouse, how you would lead your other half is hearing from God for your relationship and then walking that out yeah. and yeah. and then taking you both on that journey. I think that ultimately is how you lead. Yeah. And then everything along the way is just called being a gentleman, paying for things, yeah. opening the door, yeah. um, you know, letting them go in first, all that type of stuff, defending them in public. I think it all comes back to if you want to be someone who leads it, and trust me, girls want to be led. It's the way that we yep. were all designed, yep. um, by not just by anyone either. So uh-huh. don't go around trying to tell pe- girls what to do and hope that <laughs> if I tell enough girls what to do, one of them will like it. No, that's not how it works. Someone's going to interpret that today. You might get punched in the face <laughs> <laughs> or slapped. Um, but, yeah, you've got to be a... You, oh, you, <laughs> sorry, someone just drove fast and shouted. Uh, you've got to be someone who leads in the spiritual Yes. First, and then that'll come out in the rest of your life. Just brilliant wisdom. I'm thinking about paying, and you're thinking about God. I just. <laughs> it's true, though. It's I've true. only I ever been able to, to survive. Yeah. And that's why it keeps coming back to this. Yeah. I've only ever been able to survive because of God. Yeah. And so that, I guess that's like my whole life. Yeah. And especially in my relationship with Sarah, there were so many times where we could have ended and where we would have ended and where it would have yeah. blown up because I'm stupid. And we do things that, you know, yeah. we're, we're idiots from time to time. Yep. And if it was not for God giving me words that I could walk out in obedience, we'd be done. Yep. And also, once you are married, situations will come. We, we've all just faced it with the current season mm. where there's been a lot of division around a lot of the different stuff going on. And I can't imagine what it would be like if you weren't in agreement in your marriage um, totally. You know, and I, and I know that when your back's against the wall, I know for Cameron and I, it's it's him and me first always. Like he puts me first always mm. and he leads to me. That's him leading. He doesn't care what other people's opinions mm. are, it, even family. He doesn't care what, you know, mm. obviously he loves them and he'll consider it. But he's like, no, 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 I'm leading you and me. We're a family. Mm. And so I love that I feel so safe. And I know you do that with Sarah. Yeah, totally. As well. Okay, let me shoot a few more. Mm-hmm. Hey, boys, did you know? Hey, boys, did you know we want to know that you aren't going anywhere? Mm, that's a good one. That was really important to me. I think it's a, really important to a lot of people. Yeah. I think um, on, on both sides of the fence. Yep. But I think specifically for girls, I mean... You had it in your life where, Mm -hmm. you know, you experienced divorce and all Mm -hmm. that sort of stuff. And maybe it wasn't as common back then as it is now, Mm -hmm. but you did experience it. I think Mm -hmm. now it's like um, 
the percentages are absolutely insane about single parent mm-hmm. homes or um, homes that have you know been divorced or all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, people need to know, specifically girls need to know that you're not going anywhere. And um, my old youth pastor Dan. Dan Pappas, mm-hmm. um, he used to Love say to Dan. me all the time, um, because I struggled with it my whole life, was consistency. Right. He said consistency is the magic the magic yes. in your life that you're missing. And if you yeah. can just learn, it took me years, but yeah. if you can just learn consistency in, in every area of your life, yeah. just be consistency beats extraordinary every day of the week. 100%. And and I, I always thought extraordinary was where you had to be. Yeah. But I didn't realize, I didn't, I never understood consistency. And so um, if you can be consistent with the small things, then extraordinary is a given. You will 100% reach that somewhere. Yeah. And when it comes to relationships, 100%. consistency in relationship um, you know, consistency in pursuit, consistency in leading, everything yeah. we've talked about, all of that builds a trust and a foundation that is extremely hard to break. Yes. Um, yeah. I've noticed that in Sarah and I's marriage, we're only three years in, so we're very fresh and very new. But fights that should have been massive and mm-hmm. things that should have really maybe even torn us apart have been little or yeah. inconsequential because of this foundation of consistency. Sarah knows. What, what can yes. I see? In Jake's pattern, his yeah. life pattern, um, and how does that, you know, I may have done something or said something, yes. but she goes, she weighs that to my consistent behavior. Yeah. And she goes, no, he's not going to leave me yes. because consi- his consistency says he'll be yeah. here and he always has. Yeah. Um, so that's why if, you know, girls need to know that. Yeah. And you know, when we first need to know it, right back at the friendship stage yeah, totally. when when you first see something in each other that you don't like, you might have a mm. bad moment, a bad conversation. I remember for me, do you know what, the, what what I thought? Because my family was so, I can't even think of the word. My background is like crazy if I told you the story. Yeah. And they were so, um, I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed by them because I felt like I would be judged according to my family. Mm. And I knew that I was so different. And I remember thinking, oh, this is all okay now, but when Cameron meets my family and he sees what's really going on, he's going to walk. He's not just going to walk. He's going to run at a million miles an hour. Mm. And I was so tentative at that moment. I remember, you know, introducing him and I remember him hearing some of the stuff that would happen and just all sorts of stuff with my family. And he never walked away. Mm. He was like, I'm not going to walk away from you. Mm. And that just never ceased to amaze me. Um, right up to the point where, um, we weren't engaged yet, but we were close to being engaged and I had this big fight with my mum, and, um, and I was not, I was a good girl and I was like teaching full time. Mm. So I'm an adult and she slapped me in the face yeah, wow. and I was like, what the heck? I like, I didn't deserve it at all. Mm. And I, I rang Cameron, I was sobbing while well, he raced over in the car and, um, you know, and he was polite and respectful, but he goes, if that happens again, I will marry her tomorrow and I will take her out of here. And I just what remember. What man. I know. I remember what a man. for the first time in my life, wow. I was protected because my dad never protected me. He was never there. Mm. My stepdad, he was lovely, but he didn't protect me. He never interfered with my mum and I. That was the first time I remember thinking, he's going to think I'm a freak and walk away. He didn't. He protected me. And that was everything. And you know what? Because he did it then, 24 years later, no matter what we go through, I just know he won't walk out the door. 
Yeah, and you know that based on his actions, not on his words. Yeah. And what I noticed about that story is that he didn't say anything he said. He never no. he never said, I'm never going to leave you or, you know, I'm always going to be here. It was his actions. Yeah. And, and so I think we, we all know how to talk a big game. Yeah. You know, guys, we know what to say. We know. Yeah. But if you want a lasting relationship, something that's going to, you know, go the... 20 years, 20 plus years. And I see it in your life. I see it in lives of people I admire. It's that it's the actions, consistent actions built. Yeah. And, um, and if you want a foundation, that's consistent action, not consistent words. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I see a lot of relationships don't even get off the ground. You know, watch the people around me, Mm. the kids, the young, young people Mm. around me. And the relationships don't go off the ground. And I think there are relationships that could work really well, but the guy just ticks off at, at mm. the at the first thing that doesn't go his way or the first time that something gets a bit difficult or, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's because they have this pie in the sky. I don't know. Has social media ruined it for us a little bit that they're looking at this pie in the sky ideal of what, you know, what, yeah. what they want and then, and then we're all human and we get to know each other and... We, we've learned that when things are broken, you don't fix it. You just throw it away and get a new one. That's it. That, that's you know? the one. You, you just hit the nail on the head. Social media doesn't show us a pie in the sky idea of what a relationship should be because no one knows anymore. Yeah. I think that's where we have a real opportunity as Christians, yep. as the church, to show people what is real. Yeah. But it, social media shows us that what's broken needs to be tossed. Yeah. Not fixed. Yep. And yep. I think that's the issue. Yeah. If it doesn't work yeah. one time, it's got to go in the bin. Yeah. And we'll just get something else. We'll just get yep. the newest iPhone. Yeah. You know, it's all consumerism. Yeah. <laughs> and this comes down to pursuing. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, I'll just change my mining. There's another 10 out there. I'll yeah. go and pursue one of them. No. Well, first of all, it's a waste of money <laughs> to pursue 10 people. Uh, but yeah, no, definitely nailed that one. Okay. Here's another one. Um, oh, okay. Hey boys, did you know we want you to be vulnerable with us? Mm. I don't yes. think girls have such an issue with this, or maybe they do. I, I think guys do more. Yeah, I think definitely guys do. But there's two problems with that, I think. Yeah. You know, the problem of that guy's face of actually being vulnerable, which mm-hmm. a lot of guys feel find hard, but then there's the those guys who are too vulnerable and they <laughs> just bleed true. everywhere. And that's just as unattractive as someone who's not vulnerable. So true. You've got to toe the middle line. Yes. And, um, and, it's and know when to be vulnerable. Yeah, that's very true. Like if you start too quick, too early, you've been going out for like your, two weeks. On your second day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'd be like, get me out of here. Yeah, literally. It's, it's a fine line. Um, yes. I... I basically, the way I kind of learnt it and the, from the people I looked up to growing up, it was that, y- yes, you're vulnerable, but, you know, it's kind of at the moment where you decide that this is the person you want to marry. Yes. It, that that real, true vulnerability can start to come out. Like, hey, yeah. this is this is what I've done in the past. Yes. All that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, but I guess vulnerability in the early stages is just being honest. Yeah. Honesty is really overlooked in today's society because we all like to paint ourselves as the perfect Instagram, you know, the perfect account, the perfect person. Um, But just honesty in the beginning is the vulnerability that I think people need and are looking for. 
you know, not they don't necessarily want to know your your whole entire yeah. life burden story, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they do want to know that you are honest enough to share your heart. Yeah, I think in that in that regard. But then, um, people who overshare, I mean, if you're listening to this right now and you're one of those people who just bleed <laughs> on 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 yeah. people the first time you talk to them, do yourself a favor and just keep some things to yourself for a little while. Totally. Totally. And if you're not sure if you're that person, ask your friends. Oh, totally. Ask your friends, right? They'll tell you. Just be like, do I like say too much too soon? Do I overshare? Do I overshare? Oh, yeah, yeah. But people are you, I reckon we've desensitized ourselves to oversharing. Like I see a lot of times on social media and it never ceases to amaze me. And this is one for the girls where a girl will be crying and then take a photo of herself and post it. And it can be about something truly difficult. Like I've seen this a little bit in infertility world actually, mm, okay. right? And this is a very sensitive, mm. very sensitive topic. And um, and I think it's great that people are sharing how difficult that journey is. But I've seen it quite a lot in that world mm. where then girls will take a photo of themselves crying. And I'm like, I'm. it doesn't have to be that particular topic. It can be anything. But... How we? I don't cry and sit there and then try and angle my phone to take a picture of myself crying. I think that's just like that's oversharing. Yeah, it's almost swung the other way. Society twenty years ago was very much said nothing. Don't say anything. Put on a a strong face. Yeah, and always be strong. Yeah, Um, and and, but now Mm -hmm. it's swung the other way to the point where it's like. Uh, it was it was the thing we did was be strong, but now it's be vulnerable and bleed everywhere because everyone needs to be accepting of what's happening to you and people need to validate your tears, basically. Yes, it's almost a celebration of brokenness. Mm. There's a fine line because we're all broken in some way, but it seems to be this, like, the more broken you are, the bigger the story you've got, yeah, the, the more the more mm. attention that you, you're going to get. And I think that's a real fine line. But true honesty, I think um, Cameron probably, that's probably one of the reasons Cameron and I um, got together or, I don't know, he always would say, no one got into my heart like you did. I was like, okay, that's interesting. I would ask him questions or I would say mm. things. I'd go, oh, you've got an issue in this area and that area. And he's like, no, I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> And he wasn't used to someone, you know, and so, um, and he shared it on the podcast the other week. He pulled out his, uh, report cards one day and he actually got a bit emotional about he, he was, all of his report cards were always, he's got so much potential, but, but, Mm. but, and he always felt really misunderstood and, um, and no one's fault. Like he probably was a difficult child, (laughs) I think in hindsight, like (laughs) knowing him, he would have been a difficult child. But he felt misunderstood. And so he felt like I was the first person that understood him. And so we had a lot of, and then of course me, well, coming from fatherless, mother married for the second time, that ended in divorce. There was a lot of stuff, you know, that I didn't trust. I didn't trust a man. Mm. I didn't trust a guy. I'd never been able to trust a guy. And so being able to be vulnerable with one another, I think was really probably one of the reasons we're still best friends to this day there's nothing off the table Mm. but that's a process to learn yeah totally you need to trust the other person it gets to the point when you like obviously when you get married that nothing is you you can share everything and you can it's that is the right time you know 
you share everything, you open your heart. But before then, you do need to protect yourself. Yeah. You need to protect the other person. Yeah. And so we've kind of talked about this side or that side, but just if you're listening, what's the right way to do it? Yeah. It's like, you know, be honest Yeah. with what you're walking through at the time. Yeah. And just be real, be your most authentic self. Yeah. And just wait it out. Yeah. And if the and if after X amount of time you think mm. this is the person for me, yes, that's when to open the can of worms. Yeah, yep. I yes. think just a bit of practical advice. Yeah, yeah. Like so that. kind of toe in the water. Yeah, leg in the water. You know, like slowly. For instance, when I was dating Sarah, I mean, my past wasn't really hidden. My my vocal uh, like my past was pretty vocal because I'd shared my testimony at church and all that kind of stuff. Um, but you know, sharing things like my family dynamics and what's yeah. going on at home, that's all okay. I didn't go and tell her that I, who I'd slept with or that, yeah. you know, I was struggling with this or that yeah. when we were dating in the first six months. You yes. Know, it's unnecessary. Yeah. Well, that can kind of backfire. Yeah, totally. <laughs> You're like, ah. It can destroy everything. Yeah. But yeah, you need to right incrementally time. build trust yeah. to the point that yeah. you can share and it's a yeah. non-issue. Yeah. And I'll finish with this funny story. I was trying not to laugh before because I thought it is. <laughs> and we've got to come to an end because yeah. I've got a staff meeting I have to go to. Um, so, and this this is how eventually how vulnerable you can become. I won't say the person, but if they're listening, they're going to know who they are. They got married. They're on their honeymoon. Um, they went overseas for their honeymoon and they got gastro. Oh, that's really vulnerable. And the bathrooms had see-through walls. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Nothing's they, hidden. Nothing. They're like, oh, no. those walls were sprayed every which way. Oh, no. And he was like, don't look. Turn the other way. I'm like, yep, you know you really love the person when you get gastro on your honeymoon and your bathroom's got glass walls. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. I would have literally died. I would have moved out of the room and gone into another room. That is funny. That's true love. I can imagine that oh, happening to me. That's just something totally. that would happen, but... That's hilarious. Totally. I'm I'm such a private person. I would have been dying. Yeah. I would have been like, yep, yeah, I'll see you in a week. Anyway, that was that was so good. Um, we'll see if we'll do a third one. We'll see how you go. Guys, we want to hear from you. Come into my DMs, let me know, girlnextdoor.podcast. Hey boys, is that did you know? Come and let me know. Or if you're a guy and you want the girls to know something, we might flip this. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Jake, thank you for joining me Thanks again. Thanks for having me. It's been amazing. So good. What were you again? Man down the street. Man up the street. Man up the street. Cul-de-sac. Izzy's boy down the road. We always laugh. Okay, yeah. George is like, Mum, why do you give them names? It's so sight weird. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, thank you for joining. Don't forget to come back Friday for Parenthood Friday. Until then, have a wonderful week. Bye.